there's anything a werewolf hates, it's a giant. Especially two-headed giant, because the rules don't make sense. This is the Judge Tower Podcast. My name is Jan. We're on episode five. And with me is, once again, Sam, blue-white control player, Cephalus. It's true. Many, many true statements. Uh, Blue-white, good deck. Uh, Two-headed giant, hell of a format. Hell of a Uh, format. We are also joined today by a special guest, the uh, the Luke from Calgary. Oh, I'm probably in the wrong room. <laughs> are, you racist? Are, you, are you racist? I hope not. Oh, nah, then you're then fine. You're, yeah, you're then you're good. fine. Oh, yeah. that's good. We, we yeah. take those. So, uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about some uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt cards. Um, but before we get into that, uh, Luke, well, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, well, uh, I'm a human, usually. Uh, I play Magic. Uh, I like Judge Tower. It's a pretty cool format. I uh, got into it, I think, from the same way that you two did. From a bead, right? A bead. The judging, the, yeah. The local, yeah. The lo- one of the local judge dads in the in the yeah. Calgary area. Yeah, I'm a, also an L1 judge. Uh, I've known Mr. Sam and Mr. Jan for a good amount of time. So one interesting thing I wanted to talk about from your little intro there is that you do get plus three plus three and in indestructible from Flare of Faith. That is, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I do. Yeah, I'm very I, glad uh, you you specified that uh, you are in fact a human because indeed, it's relevant indeed. and on brand. Yeah, I uh, yeah the indestructibles kind of it's a little busted. I think uh, being indestructible has helped me a lot in various <laughs> dodgeball <laughs> scenarios, but. <laughs> Someone oh, has boy. drafted the set way too much. I wish I wish my Judge Terror was indestructible when I loan it out to people. Uh, always, what, always... what a segue. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's literally why I'm here. Yeah, not gonna lie. Last, like, three weeks, I just haven't played a ton of Magic. Actually, two, three weeks before last week. Whatever. For a period of time, <laughs> I did way not... way too much thinking for me. Yeah. For a period of time, I did not play a lot of Magic, but I I just lent a friend the Judge Tower, and uh, man, that's just a whole lot of value. Which is another great thing about Judge Tower is just like you can just give it to whoever that you trust, and then they can just have a really nice time playing a, a bunch of cards that never see play. Yeah, you're getting value while you're not even there, and especially like you said, if you trust that person to take care of your cards and. Just have a good time with it, then low risk. Especially if your Judge Tower doesn't have that much like monetary value in it, like some might not, right? That's true. I've never loaned out my tower. You should try it. Well, you see, here's the thing. No one's ever asked. <laughs> true. So, Just palm I don't really know what that's supposed to mean, but... Uh... I have loaned out my tower. Oftentimes it's like when I'm judging a big event, uh, I'll leave it with someone and then they'll just play it in between rounds with whoever shows up. But I, I have lent it to people. It's hard for me to lend it to people right now because I literally just don't know where it is. That's great. That's pretty cringe, my guy. <laughs> oh, but uh, I, I did play a 1K recently. I, I was in the final, humble brag, and the, my judge tower was being played right, like, right beside me. And I, I, I just felt bad because they were having more fun than me. Yeah, you're, you're sitting there in the finals, you're like, you hear cool interactions, you try not to look over. <laughs> it was pretty cringe, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. 
they had fun and then uh they had more fun after that so absolutely so let's hop into the main topic here uh the cards from innistrad midnight hunt yeah i gotta say i've been i'm not much of a limited player uh but lately on arena i've been drafting a lot of midnight hunt and good format but as i see these cards kind of come up i can't help myself uh just to think about how they would work in judge tower and certain cards i want to pick up very much so luke also has uh added some cards to his judge tower uh Mm -hmm. have you had any success with them so far or uh well uh i would have if i had played tower since Mm -hmm. i added them true true uh pretty sure i've literally just played your tower um we did hit a couple of the new cards well let's head into the first topic here uh day night yeah, so day night, day night is really interesting and pretty weird. It works differently than a lot of things we've seen. Uh, similar things, typically the the old werewolves, Huntmaster of the Fells, will uh, flip as a result of a triggered ability at the beginning of each upkeep. Day and night do not work in that way. It is a turn based effect, I believe. That happens in the untap step before phasing occurs. After after phasing. After phasing occurs before you untap. And then any as with anything that would trigger in the upkeep, if anything happens to trigger off of the day night cycle, then uh it just gets moved to the upkeep. So if you're not lost yet, hopefully you will be when you play Judge Tower. True, true, true. Or if you play two headed giant. Now, yeah. it's uh, day night. The circadian rhythm of magic is not very well set up for two headed giant. In that, no. to make it night, neither player may cast a spell, and to make it day, one head must cast two. It can't be one and one. Yeah, which it, it's difficult to make happen for sure. Uh, it, as far as Judge Tower is concerned, what happens and who loses if the day night cycle is misrepresented or missed? Well, the answer is everyone. Everyone loses. Uh, because A, weird mechanic, and it's just difficult. And B, it is a game state that is the responsibility of everyone to maintain. This is why Day-Night is very... It is pretty good in Judge Tower. Uh, because once a card that makes it day or night gets played, it has to be tracked for the rest of the game, regardless of if any more day or night cards get played. Um, mainly because cards with night bound um, enter if it's night, or enter on that side if it is night. So you always have to track it, which is both flavorful and a pain. So yes. they're, they're, They do make for some really good Judge Tower cards, though, for sure. Uh, we have here one really good example, Curse of Leeches. It is two and a black. On its front, on its daybound side, it is an enchantment or a curse reading enchant player. Uh, as this permanent transforms into Curse of Leeches, attach it to a player. At the beginning of enchanted player's upkeep, they lose one life and you gain one life, and it has daybound. Uh, its nightbound side is a 4 4 leech horror with lifelink. So, th- this one is really interesting and even unique within this unique mechanic where it transforms into a different permanent type. And luckily, they design the card so that it functions, and as it transforms, it's not a trigger, as it would transform into the, to an aura if it enters on its nightbound side, or if it just becomes nightbound, it attaches itself to a player. That also happens during the untap step, correct? That doesn't wait until upkeep. That's correct, yeah. 
then then it'll be transformed for the upkeep. So this card has a lot going on. Uh, it, at the very least, it has the upkeep trigger, and it goes deeper than that when you start getting into the daybound, nightbound, transforming into a different permanent type, all that. Yeah, very good card here. Uh, the next card, the Celestis, three mana, legendary artifact. If it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as the Celestis enters the battlefield. Uh, you can tap it to add one mana of any color. You can pay three mana and tap it. If it's night, it becomes day. Otherwise, it becomes night. Activate only as a sorcery. And then as a triggered ability, whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you gain one life. You may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. This card is an actual novel. There's just a lot going on with it. First off, it's it's uh, it makes it day, so it starts the whole day-night cycle. Um, it has this weird activated ability that you'll never activate because it only activates as a sorcery, and you're always making mana on your upkeep. So that's something that might get someone who doesn't read the card very carefully. And it has a triggered ability that specifically says when day becomes night or night becomes day. So someone might use that trigger when they play the Celestis, but it's not becoming day from night. It's simply becoming day. So another thing to uh, watch out for when you play the Celestis, and it's just a, a pain to keep track of. And, and those effects are really interesting too. Like the, the cards without daybound and nightbound themselves, like the non-werewolves that still care about the day-night cycle, and when they enter, they begin the, the, the cycle. They're, they're really interesting. Often will have some sort of triggered ability or some sort of relevance to when it would become day or night. For example, Sunstreak Phoenix here is a two red red creature Phoenix, uh, four two with flying. If it's neither day nor nor night, it becomes day as Sunstreak Phoenix enters the battlefield. And it has a triggered ability that reads whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you may pay one in a red. If you do, return Sunstreak Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Now, in Judge Tower, you have a shared graveyard, as, as we know. So that means everyone will have to put this trigger onto the stack, and the person that is last in turn order will end up with the bird in play. Which... So if not everyone chooses to kind of realize what's going on, as soon as usually the second person does, everyone's like, oh, okay. But if someone happens to miss it or chooses not to put it on the stack... That's a good way to get someone. Also, just things that are active in the graveyard are always good in Judge Tower. Absolutely. Yeah, especially, like, things like things get mailed, discarded. You won't always have seen them before they would become relevant. Yes. Indeed. Also, it it's a phoenix that doesn't have haste. Yeah, that's true. And it, true. And it enters tapped. Like, there's just so many ways to get them. Absolutely. Now, so that was day-night. We have another complicated-ish mechanic. Uh, we have Coven, which cares about uh, the controller of the Coven source having three or more different powers amongst creatures they control. Now there's two ways Coven is engaged with from the perspective of a magic player. The first is a, a triggered ability that triggers when you have Coven, and then there's activated abilities. Now, the triggered ability... Sorry, the triggered abilities read as intervening if triggers, such that the trigger only goes on the stack if you meet the coven requirement and will only resolve if you would meet the coven requirement as the trigger would resolve. 
However, the activated abilities only require Coven upon activation of that ability. So if you put the ability on the stack and then you somehow lose Coven, then the trigger, sorry, the ability will still resolve. Yeah, very important difference between the two, but um, intervening ifs are always something that you need to look out for, especially in, like, in the case of normal judge calls, it happens quite often. So just good, uh, good, good training overall, that kind of thing. So it might not be something that comes up super often in Judge Tower, but certainly judging it pre-release, I had more than one player assume that powers meant abilities. Okay, no, no lie, I I was so confused the first time I read Coven. Yeah. Like, what what kind of powers are they are they talking about? Like, oh, this this is gonna be some real spicy stuff. Oh, you mean oh attack oh attack value? Okay. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, it's not. <sighs> Multiple powers amongst creatures are not often something that's relevant. Like, you see effects like Swords to Plowshares, which care about the power of one creature, but it it's usually pretty clear about that. Coven, I could see the misinterpretation or misunderstanding. The word sure. powers can be misleading. Yes, absolutely. Because vigilance is a power. First <laughs> strike. That's pretty powerful. It can be, absolutely. It sure is. <laughs> So we look, we look at Augur of Autumn. Now, this is actually a static ability uh, in the form of Coven, which I believe is unique to the Coven cards. I can't think of another one. Uh, Augur of Autumn is a one green green human druid creature. It's a 2-3. You may look at the top card of your library anytime, and you may play lands from the top of your library. Coven, as long as you control three or more creatures with different powers, you may cast spells... Uh, you may cast creature spells from the top of your library. So this is one that's neither a triggered ability or an activated ability that does care about Coven. And it can definitely get people, if you're used to just being able to cast these creature spells and then not having Coven, you might slip up there for sure. You ever want to live the dream of drawing two cards off a of Fibble Flip? This card will help you do it. Oh, that's gas. <laughs> it's really good. That's actually gasoline. Augur of Autumn is the only one with a static coven ability. And then we have Might of the Old Ways, which is a instant. Uh, so it's a one green instant that reads target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn. Coven, then if you control three or more creatures with different powers, draw a card. So this is coven on a spell that cares about having coven as the spell would resolve. But specifically, this coven cares about the powers amongst your creatures after the plus two plus two is applied. So if I have a board with a one one, a two two, and another two two, and then I might have the old ways one of my two twos, obviously it becomes a four four, and then I would be able to draw a card with might of the old ways. But if if I were to lose Coven by giving something plus two plus two, such that I catch I make something big enough or as big as another creature, and then I lose Coven, I would not draw a card even though I had Coven as this card started to resolve. Something that's easy to mess up if you're not paying full attention. Absolutely. Also, just pumped spells in general uh, yeah. might mess with Coven uh, memory issues. So Coven, Coven's just like a really cool, unique mechanic that I'm sure we'll never see again. Um, but Great for Judge Tower. Excellent for Judge Tower. Forgotten mechanics are incredible for the format. Uh, Haunt being one of them. We have some other good cards here. Uh, just from the set, moving on from just Coven and Daybound and Nightbound now. Just some other good cards for Judge Tower. One of my personal favorites from the new set. 
Uh, Gisa Glorious Resurrector. It's a two black black four four legendary creature human wizard. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it in, exile it instead. So it's a powerful replacement effect. Then it has a triggered ability at the beginning of your upkeep. Put all creature cards exiled with Gisa Glorious Resurrector onto the battlefield under your control. They gain Decayed. So now Decayed is a is a mechanic that reads this creature can't block, and when it attacks, sacrifice it at the beginning of or at the end of combat step. Uh, decayed can be forgotten for sure. Uh, Gisa would probably get me in Judge Tower. I've tried to block with a decayed creature from Gisa in draft because I'm used to literally just the the two two zombie tokens having decayed, and it's hard to mark, hard to represent. Oh, one might a, say like impossible to represent in paper. It's just something that you have to remember. Yeah. So it's like oh, I'll put these cards aside. Yeah. Also, I have also played this card in draft, and my stupid, smooth, idiot brain went to block a 4-4 with Gisa. I'm like, I'm going to get this back. Uh, no, dummy, you need this card on the battlefield for the trigger to go onto the stack. Um, so don't forget that. Yep. Moving on, next we have Lear, Disciple of the Drowned. Uh, three blue blue, three four legendary human wizard. Spells can't be countered. Each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. The flashback cost is equal to that card's mana cost. So again, uh, we have the shared graveyards, so everything will have flashback for everybody. And notably, the spells can't be countered text is is relevant because some Judge Towers, mine included and Jan's included, uh, and I believe Luke's included as well, do play counter spells. And yep. it's a really good learning opportunity to learn that you can target an uncounterable spell with a counter spell. It just does nothing when it would resolve. Indeed. Also for you standard players out there, all like two of you, uh, the effect is symmetrical. So don't go putting counter spells in your Leer deck. Yes. Unless you want to get got by yourself. <laughs> the next card we've got is Lisa, the forgotten archangel, which is a, uh, two white, white, black, four, five legendary creature angel. It has flying and lifelink, and whenever another non-token creature you control dies, return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. And if a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. So we see the replacement effect, the same one from Gisa happening again, something you got to keep in mind. Uh, it also creates a delayed triggered ability when other non-token creatures you control die, which is... That could be hard to remember. If a lot of things happen in a turn and one thing died previously and you just for leave it in the graveyard, I could definitely see myself getting got by that. What's interesting about this card to me and Gisa is the templating of the replacement effect is different on the card. They both have triggers, uh, but the replacement effect is listed at the top of the text box on Gisa, but then at the bottom on Lisa, which... Not really Judge Tower related, but something I, I found a bit interesting. Might trip some people up if you just have both. <laughs> I didn't even really notice that. Yeah. Gisa does have a, a triggered ability related to the exiling, so they probably want to put that up front. One would say linked. Wow. One yeah. might say one might say linked. One might say <laughs> Zelda. <laughs> Oh. Man, that was bad. Hey, it did you was. know that World that was Breaker, really bad. Randomly, <laughs> did you know Worldbreaker has reach? That's incredible. 
they put they basically put the word reach under the collector information on the card. Listen, that's every, how that's how low. Every green creature has reach until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Uh, now a green creature without reach is that we don't know. That we don't know. Uh, Sarah, the Viper's Fang is a two green green. Looks like a snake, but it's actually a human warlock. It's a three four legend. Other tapped creatures you control have death touch. Other untapped creatures you control have hexproof. Activated ability, one tap, untap another target creature or land you control. Just a lot to take care of here and keep track of. Reminds me a bit of Masako in that it just... Stuff just kind of is happening and applying to your creatures and it has a weird activated ability that for some reason can untap a land even though the card only cares about creatures. Just a lot to keep track of. This card also reminds me of Oak Street Innkeeper. Yes. Uh, that beauty of a card. Um, also worth noting, it says other for both tapped and untapped creatures you control. This will not have death touch or hexproof, no matter what state it is in. Honestly, kind of weird, especially with the snake imagery. Like, shouldn't it itself have death touch when there's literally snakes featured with a character? Probably. I mean, I, I'm just surprised it's not a snake itself. I, I'm uh, just surprised that this doesn't have reach. That's uh, true. <laughs> Moving on, we have uh, this next card, Curse of Surveillance. Four and a blue for an enchantment uh, or a curse. Um, Enchant player. At the beginning of Enchanted Player's upkeep, any number of target players other than that player each draw cards equal to the number of curses attached to that player. I stopped reading the card halfway through. (laughs) So, curses are great because they... It, it puts the permanent physically, like, usually the way players will represent a curse is by putting it on the cursed player's board state. Uh, so if you curse somebody else, it is still your trigger to remember on their upkeep, and the permanent is on their side. So it's just another thing that you have to keep track of. People are drawing cards, not too many cards. It's healthy for, for the format, and just uh, definitely just a trigger that you got to remember, and multiple curses can affect it especially if since curses aren't super common if you've had a curse of surveillance running for a while and another curse just happens to exist people might forget that they need to draw two you know it's a pretty good synergistic card in judge tower for this one what's that curse of leeches it's only true. sometimes a curse true yeah that's actually sweet so i definitely think if you're going to add one of those two you should add the other this card makes you want to add overwhelming splendor to Judge Tower, because it's a curse without the word curse in it. I just want to try and get people that way. It might be going too far, but... That might be a little deep. A little deep. Uh, our next card, and maybe our last card, is Sludge Monster, which is a 3 and 2 blue uh, creature horror. It is a 5-5. Five five. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, put a slime counter on up to one other target creature. Non-horror creatures with slime counters on them lose all abilities and have base power and toughness 2-2. So I think the original design of this card was to put the slime counters on your 2-2 decayed zombie tokens. So then they can now block and attack and not die. But uh, it can be pretty decent in Judge Tower to put a counter on something that, you know, has text and then won't anymore. So the other day, I don't know who I was talking with about this. It was one of you two. My memory's terrible, though. But we were talking about, like, uh, the card Gutter Grime. I think it was with Luke. Yeah, I think 
It might. It was definitely there. Sam might have also been present. But yeah, Guttergram is the only other card in Magic that uses slime counters. <laughs> and like, and like, we were just trying to come up with ways of like, how do you use how do we, how do we use Guttergram to put counters onto creatures? Or maybe we could make Guttergram a creature, but then it would lose the then it would lose its abilities. It would actually be really good to. I would very much enjoy to not be the person who had a creature gutter grime and then had to deal with the sludge monster interaction. Well, it, it would lose its triggered ability, but the oozes have the this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of slime counters on gutter grime ability. Yes. So it would just be like, but anyway. So sludge monster, sludge monster is interesting. I once again punted in, in draft. Wow. Um, common theme here. I suck at draft. So I I assumed that the slime counter itself, like being given a slime counter, was the same as losing your abilities and becoming a 2-2. What I did not register and pick up on was the fact that Sludge Monster was the one with the static ability applying those. So it doesn't just, it doesn't literally just Oko something. The Sludge Monster has to stick around in order to apply the debuff or the buff, I guess, in some situations. Yeah, it's uh, it's a slightly different thing to something like uh, a card from Zendikar, Obsidian Fireheart, which gives lands a blaze counter, but it specifically says uh, for as long as that land has a blaze counter on it, it deals damage to the owner of the land. And it even says it continues to burn after Obsidian Fireheart has left the battlefield, which, by the way, is the best reminder text <laughs> of all time in Magic. No cap. Oh, I can think of some... There's some pretty good reminder texts. I like the reminder text on, uh, on you know, state-based actions. Rose <laughs> <laughs> mm, Lawyer? <laughs> Indeed. That, that, that's always a good one. I still maintain... We all still maintain that... Foil that the judge rules lawyer should not have had any reminder text whatsoever. I agree. So, Watsy, you can write this wrong. Or maybe judge. I don't actually know who makes the judge promos. Whoever is in charge, you can write this wrong. It's it's right. on you. Warriors Oath War oh, has the best reminder text. It's a red red sorcery. Take an extra. Take another turn after this one. At the end of that turn, you lose the game. Reminder text, you don't lose if you've already won. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh, God. I wasn't sure. Uh, I would put this card in Judge Tower if it wasn't prohibitively expensive for being a Portal 3 Kingdoms card. Yes. What's the other one? Riding the Dilu Horse or whatever? Riding oh, yeah. the Dilu Horse, indeed. That card I have played with in Judge Tower, but not my own Judge Tower. Yes. I know... The actually shout out again to Abid, uh, the judge that certified both me and Sam on the same day. In fact, kind of the second time, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the second time, uh, was gifted a riding the Delu horse for his judge tower. That's incredible. It is. It is a card that you have to remember. Yes. I I kind of want to one v one Abid just to prove who can play judge tower more the painfully. Worst. The worst. <laughs> yeah. The least optimally, perhaps. We set, yeah, we gotta set up uh, 
a specific judge tower with like beck and call and thousand year storm and all the painful all cards. the horrible cards i can't wait to not be in that game no you're just observing you know uh, sure I'll judge yeah, because you. you're gonna need like a couple people to watch and make sure that nothing goes wrong. Yeah, a few yeah. judges, you know, comp and everything. Competitive you played at comp R E L. Yep. We can figure this. Out. Professional R E L. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's a swear. Gonna have to bleep that out. Oh anyway. my bad. <laughs> anyway, um, what have we learned today? We've learned that I suck at uh, drafting. Sam, terrible at drafting. No, you're fine at drafting. You just suck at playing the game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my difference. God. All, all your draft decks are great. You just punt. True. Uh, we've learned that I'm a terrible human being who, who calls their friends terrible. Um, and we've learned that there are some pretty good uh, pretty good Judge Tower cards in Innistrad, Midnight Hunt. Wow. Didn't learn anything about me? Uh, you you get buffed by Flare, Faith. Mm, right. Yes. You're indestructible. <sighs> Fantastic. You, you are no longer this podcast's uh, friend that goes to another school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the exchange student? Uh, so, something like that. We've attached a voice yeah, good to enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, thank you for listening. If you want to reach us, um, we're on Twitter, at Judge Towercast. Uh, Sam tr- streams sometimes at twitch.tv slash humblegreek. Luke, uh, if we want to reach you, do you want to be reached? Uh, You can find me at FNM, I guess. All right, FNM. He's going to be drafting, probably. I'll be there. I'll be there. So with that, thank you for listening, and we'll have a good one. So uh, what are your guys' favorite video games? Uh, I'm a huge fan of existing, personally. I like Hollow Knight. That card. Hollow Knight's good. Hollow Knight's that, card, good. Yeah, that card's Hollow Knight's a really good card. <laughs> I don't, I'm just used to saying that. That card is gas. That card is gas. When are we getting the Hollow Knight secret lair? Dude. Oh god, how to make Luke broke. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll buy that. <laughs> you guys excited for the Fortnite secret lair? Oh uh, the Fort the secret lairs are, are okay. You guys remember that like really controversial article? Like this product is not for you. Yep. I am happy enough that these secret layers are existing. As long as the cards coming out of them are not... Mechanically unique and well, hard to get? Yeah. Like, the the Walking Dead... Like, the I, I think secret layer and supplemental products like this, where it's only premium content, should really be just reprints of other cards. And we've seen a lot of that in the secret layers and a lot of that in the newer ones, but... Some of these different ones, like walk, like the collaborative ones, I guess, with with other stuff, can can be problematic and make can make cards really inaccessible, especially for commander players. And if something happens to be legacy playable, then oh boy, then it's over. Oh, yeah. it's like a, it's like almost like Nexus of Fate. Yeah, Indeed. that was that was uh, a thing. I'm glad they've done away with exclusive buy box promos. Yeah, Nexus of Fate was... Not only was it impossible to find. It was impossible to find Play. a flat copy. Yeah, it was yeah. also impossible to sleeve and put in my 75. Yeah, it's one of the few cards that in Magic that would allow for a proxy just for being not printed in non-foil. That is 
That is also modern legal, because there's a bunch of commander ones, but... Yeah, but like in Legacy, the only one that was really ever relevant was was Kess. Indeed. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now you can get Kess. Thanks yeah. to... Uh, modern modern Horizons. Horizons. That one. Yeah. So everyone who was banking on having a, pro- uh, a proxy, now you gotta just buy it. Man, the... Remember the, the Brawl Commander decks, or whatever? The Brawl decks, yeah. The Brawl decks. Uh, in my one time playing Standard uh, with Doom Foretold, I had a copy of Alila in my sideboard. and That's I the got- Esper Fairy, right? That's the Esper Fairy one. And I could have gotten away with Gang of Proxy, except... If it weren't for you meddling kids. Wizards of the Coast, man, put... <laughs> Did, did what set boosters or whatever or like collector collector boosters? boosters. And we had a non-foil copy of all of the all of the commanders in those brawl decks, so I had to literally not play the card because there was a non-foil printing that was impossible to find <laughs> that was twice as expensive as the foil copy. That's insanity. Oh, that's great. So I played Narset instead. You know, oh. like at the dealer. <laughs> Never came oh, up. How will you ever survive? Oh, I was just really disappointed that I couldn't play my sweet commander.